Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Well, I was going to ask for some testimonies, but I don't have time. I'm going to have to edit myself a little bit tonight to get through everything here because I don't think I have three weeks worth of this. How many of you remember what we were talking about last week? Yay, you remember. How about that? So we're not going to do a whole lot of review, but uh, how many of you remember what favor is? Real quick. Excessive kindness, unfair partiality, something done out of goodwill rather than out of justice, uh, consideration or attention. Gracious kindness, leniency. I have, I have used that a few times when I got stopped with some blue lights. Favor, favor. Thank you, Lord, I have favor. And I did. Amen. Um, effort in one's behalf. You can use it too. <laughs> uh, favor in one, effort in one's behalf or interest to do a kindness for, to treat gently or carefully, to give support or confirmation to, to afford, to afford advantages to. I'm telling you what. God wants us to enjoy favor. You know, last week we talked about favor with God, and we said that the, really the source of any favor that we have is from God. You know, we talked about the fact you can have two children, one who, is, is wanting to, who wants to be around you, who wants to love you, who wants to just, just be grateful for you, and one who just expects, doesn't want to spend any time with you, but just expects you to do for them. You know, that's really not, not good. You know, one is going to find more favor with a parent than the other one will. Now, I'm not saying where God's concerned that you have to do things to earn favor. But I'm telling you this. It, when you spend that kind of quality time with your Father God and you really get to know him and you love on him and give him an opportunity to love on you, you just go into every situation with a higher degree of expectation to find favor in whatever that situation is you know so you don't have to look at it as a santa claus mentality you know better watch out better not cry better not pout i'm telling you why you know some people go you know have a relationship with god that's kind of like that you know okay god's gonna slap me down if i do something wrong no 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 that's not how it is you know but if you don't get to know the father then you don't go into a situation expecting his favor to be working in your behalf and so you need it, but you have favor with God and with man. We, we talked about that. Favor flows when you stand and you act on the word. You know, you, you just never go into any situation dreading it or just with an attitude of, this is impossible. I, I, I don't know what I'm going to do because there's no way for this to work out. There is a way for this to be worked out. You know, when you're dealing with people, there is still a way for it to be worked out. So tonight we're going to talk about favor with man. And, you know, a lot of times favor with man is, is a process of sowing and reaping. There are things you can sow into people that you can reap, and favor is one of them. You know, I've, uh, I've always figured out that it, it is easier to respond to a bad situation with the graciousness of God. Um. And, and this has stood us in good stead when we've traveled and you're on airlines and, you know, things happen and, and things go wrong and, and delays and this kind of stuff. And I went back and I remembered a story years ago that Keith Moore told about how they were traveling to a, the next place they were going to be ministering. And there was something wrong. The plane was delayed. And, 
and it was a mechanical problem apparently, and and people were angry and upset. And this lady, he was at the desk, um, was just being vilified by the people that were around. I mean, the person just in front of Brother Moore was was giving this lady, I mean, grief big time, and uh, and so she kept her cool. The the the, uh, the flight or the the airline person, you know, kept her cool. You know, she just. Just tried to keep it all together. And I, th- those kind of people in those kind of t- situations are amazing. They're able just to, to keep from reaching out and slapping somebody. <laughs> because I don't, know if, I don't know about you, but if somebody was that rude to me for no reason, something you couldn't do anything about, it would be hard. But thank God they're, they're, they've been trained. But anyway, this lady, you know, finally huffed off and walked off from the, from the desk. And Brother Moore came up to this, to this flight, flight uh, person or this Delta airline person. And, and uh, he said, ma'am. He said, I'm so sorry, you know, that people are acting this way. And, uh, and, and, and I just want you to know that you, you, you're doing a good job. And uh, we've been trying, to, you know, to get to our destination. You know, we've kind of got a little time crunch here. And, and I didn't know, you know, maybe, maybe, there's, maybe there's something, you know, you could do to help us to kind of, you know, help, you know, point us in the right direction. And she looked at me and she said, just a minute. She shut down the station she was working at. And she said, get your bag, follow me. And so, so they got their bag, and she went down this hall, and then she turned and she went through a door, went down to another hallway that they had no business being in, and and uh, and they went, and she got them to another plane that was about to leave to go to where they needed to go, and she said, "What that lady in front of you didn't know was I could help her or I could hurt her." <laughs> Listen, somebody can help you or they can hurt you. So if you find yourself in a bad situation, stop and just take a deep breath, you know, and show some graciousness to somebody. And I've had opportunities since then. We've been in situations with airlines and stuff. Just go up and say, ma'am, I'm sorry people are giving such a hard time. And I have had a lot of favor with those kind of people in those kind of situations. And you can too. Um, you know, there is favor everywhere you look, everywhere you turn. You can see it in the Word. You can see it in your own life if you're open to it. You know, I went back to several locations in the Old Testament, and I found that people like Esther, Esther was put into a, into a place and into a time and a situation, you know, where the people of God were threatened. And you know what? It's nothing new. The people of God, of God are always threatened you know, by the enemy in one way or another. He's always got some dastardly plan out there, you know, to hurt you and harm you just because you belong to God. But Esther was put in a situation where she was a Jew and the Jews were being persecuted. I'm not really sure the king knew that this new person in his harem was a Jew or not. But the way she conducted herself, if you go back and read the story of Esther, she dressed well, she conducted herself well, she kept the right attitude. She was willing to serve. And because of what she did and her interaction with the king, she found such favor that caused a nation to be saved. I'm not telling you that God's going to put you in a, in a position to save a nation, but he can save a lot of things. You know, and it, and it, it matters, you know, how you conduct yourself. It matters the kind of attitude you have. It matters that you're willing to serve. It matters because there is the source that's going to bring favor back. You're sowing favor into situations. 
and you're going to reap favor. Daniel, if you go to the book of Daniel, you read the story about Daniel. You read the story about the three Hebrew children. You're going to find that the way they conducted themselves, you know, I said something last week about integrity. You know, when you find yourself in a situation where, you know, you're, you are tempted to compromise because it just seems like it would be the easier thing to do, to go with the flow of what everybody else is doing, do what's right. Just do what's right. Stand your ground. Don't compromise. Daniel did that. He had an expectation of good things. He was willing to stand up for what was the right thing to do in the situation he found himself in. He had a healthy attitude. You can find that in the first, you know, first couple of chapters of Daniel. You can go back and read that story. And God promoted him everywhere he went. He had favor with the eunuchs. He had favor with the king. He had favor everywhere he went. I mean, it just, it just, he exuded favor. The three Hebrew children, the same thing. They'd already been placed into positions of prominence. And then when the order came that everybody was to bow or burn, they chose to stand. Listen, you're going to have lots of opportunities in this world, especially the world we're living in now, to decide whether you're going to stand or not. I don't care how hot the situation gets. If you'll just take the right stand, God will deliver you, and you will find favor. When, all, when they came out of that fiery furnace, the king promoted them. I think it said that he, um, I think the, I think the king, new old King James said promoted, but another version said caused to prosper. They prospered because they stood for what was right, and God backed them up, and they found favor. You know, we're, we're looking for a, um, a lot of favor in the, in the times we're living now. So many restrictions, so many COVID regulations, so many expectations, you know, that kind of... Listen, you do what God puts in your heart to do and expect to find favor above and beyond what other people experience. There's no reason why you can't. Yeah, but the regulation says this. Who says that they're going to enforce that on you? You take a stand. You do what was right. Now, it pays to do, it, to do what's right with the right attitude. Yeah, attitude is everything when it comes to people. You can be right but be horrible in, in your presentation of what's right. You can be right and be very gracious in how you present that. Um, you don't have to be ugly. You don't have to be rude. You don't have to be over-spiritual. You don't have to look like somebody who is going to be made fun of because of the way you, how you take a stand. <clears throat> but do it with the right attitude, and I'm telling you what, God will increase you with favor. There will be, there'll be things that they will, they'll bend rules just for you. They'll put you in a place where, okay, I, I can, they can hide you from other people who are being required to do something. You just need to expect favor. And I think that's really the kind of the point <clears throat> of really why the Lord put on my heart to talk about favor is that you need to understand favor belongs to you. And you should expect it, 
Not go into going, what am I going to do? This is what, this is, this is the new rules. It's the new regulation. This is the new requirements that I'm going to have to do. And no, just say, God, I don't know how you're going to work it out. I don't know how this is going to happen, but I'm going to find favor. I'm going to have favor without compromising my integrity, without compromising what you have in my heart. Listen, if God, if God tells you that it's okay for you to take, the, take a vaccine, you take it and believe God for no side effects. If God puts it in your heart, you don't take it, then you just stand your ground. Whatever he tells you to do, he's willing to back up. And he'll cause you to find the favor that you need in that process. You know, when Joseph, in the Old Testament, I mean, he sold into Potiphar's house as a slave. He found favor. When Potiphar's wife accused him of rape and he wound up in prison, he found favor. You know, you, you never see any instance, there was never any recording about the fact that he was um, down in the dumps, that he was, had an attitude, that he accused his brothers, oh, I'm poor, pitiful me, this is what my brothers have done to me and this is where I'm at and, and, and I tried to do the right thing but she didn't, you know, she wouldn't let me in. No, there was none of that. God put him in a place of favor for maintaining his integrity and expecting the favor of God to follow him no matter where he went. He rose to the top in Potiphar's house. He rose to the top in prison. And he rose to the top in the land of Egypt. God wants you at the top. And he'll get you there his way. But he'll also get you there by letting you find favor with people who aren't even born again. Actually, sometimes I think we find more favor with the unrighteous than we do with the righteous. Because, you know, God can, God can move them. Oh, sometimes a lot easier than he can move believers. Amen. Listen, we, we've over the years have found favor in so many places. So many different situations. I know... Um, Back, I think it was nineteen. I think it was nineteen seventy-four, wasn't it? Pastor was working for the telephone company. We lived in Jacksonville, and I think it was nineteen seventy-four. There's a huge recession happening, and and Western Electric was laying off. I mean, lots and lots of people in the Jacksonville area, and they were going to be laying off people all the way up through. They started the lowest, you know, seniority in the company, and they, they were laying off all these people who were fairly new all the way up to a certain point, and he was included in that point. Well, he'd gotten a hold of the word by that time, obviously, and he'd had a couple of years, you know, in, in finding out what faith was all about and favor was all about, and in Jacksonville, in the entire Western Electric organization, I think they kept, was it two people or three? Two people who would have fallen in that category of being laid out. Two. He was one of them. You know, when they say they're going to have a big layoff, that doesn't mean you're going to get laid off. That means they're going to make an exception for you. You know, it was, it was such a blessing, and it was such a testimony, you know, of what God can do. Um, you know, we've seen the times you just, in, in looking for, for a job, you know, I, I found myself looking for a job when we were going, when we were out in Oklahoma. I'm an, I was an x-ray tech, so I was looking for a job in x-ray, and I had had a job offered to me, and I went, mm, that's not the job. I've got certain things I need, I have certain money I need, certain location I need, a certain environment I need, and, and, and this is not it. 
although I was tempted. We were running out of money. We'd been there about three weeks, and when what's what surplus we had was quickly disappearing. And I had two children to feed, you know, and, and God had said for him not to work and for me to go back to work. He was going to be Mr. Mom, which was a fun and exciting time in our lives. <laughs> he got a good glimpse of what it was all about. And, uh, and so I'm looking for a job, and I came real close to taking the one that was offered me and went, just no, 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 no. You know, and just just by the leading of the Lord, you know, just walked into a doctor's office, cold turkey, and said, do you have x-ray equipment? And they went, well, yes, we do. I said, are you looking for anybody to, to operate it? Well, as a matter of fact, we are. And so I went in there, had an interview, and they said, now, now you, um, we, we want you to do x-ray, yes, but we also need you to do some lab work. Uh, do you think you can do that? And I'm, I gulped, Lord, I, number one, I haven't worked in five years. Um, and I'm, i got to get back up to speed on my x-ray stuff to start with. But now you want me to do lab. Okay. Now, in x-ray school, there are times when you have to put IVs in and, and different things. You have to stick people. Well, I hadn't done that in five years. But I said, sure, I can do that. Listen, it, nobody had to know my knees were shaking. But I had favor. You know, if you go into a situation and you're not totally qualified, but you believe that's the job for you, then you sell yourself. You say, I can do it. And then you, you go, now, Lord, you're going to help me. You're going to help me get this done. I'll do whatever I need to do. I will learn what I need to learn. I'll be a quick learner. And you tell that employer, well, I haven't done that in a long time, but you know, I'm certainly willing to do that. And so, I mean, I had a dream job in that doctor's office. I got, I got much better at it than the guy who came in in the afternoons who did lab. I got to the point where when they let him go because he was not a healthy attitude in his, on his part. I said, there's no reason for you to hire anybody else. I can do this job. And they gave me his salary, which nobody else got. Nobody in that office got the kind of money I got. They just said, don't tell anybody. I said, I'll be happy to keep my mouth shut. <laughs> they loved me when they thought I was going to stay for two years. And then when he tells me we have to go home, I'm going, I don't want to go home. You know, and I had to go tell them, listen, you know, I'm, you're going to have to hire somebody. We have to go back. Why? Can't you just send him back to Florida by himself? And I'm going, no, I can't, as a matter of fact, you know. But, but I had such favor in that job. I went into, they needed what I had, but they needed more than what, I, than what I really was qualified to do. But I qualified myself once I had the job. And I got good at that job, really good at it. And so, you know, you need to, you need to, if you're looking for a job, don't pin yourself up to just what you think you're qualified for. Leah is a great example over the years of somebody who has gone from job to job as the Lord promoted her and got put in situations where she didn't know a thing about what she was doing. Am I right? And, and yet she took the job and believed God. The favor she had just promoted her every time when she went into that situation. God will give you what you need every single time. You know, if you have a problem with an employer, you know, there's still favor. 
You know, I look back at the story of, of Jacob and Laban. Laban, who was so unfair to Jacob. But Jacob served him with the right heart, and God blessed Jacob. The favor that came to him. You know, even Laban looked back and going, look at what God's done for you. Listen, in the middle of a, a not-so-pleasant work situation, God can still bless you. But you need to expect the favor of God to be at work in your behalf. Um, I, I go back to the story of Ruth. Ruth was the daughter-in-law of Naomi. She was a Jew. But Ruth was not. Ruth and, the, and Naomi and her family had moved to another country, and her, and her sons had married, you know, women who were, you know, heathens as far as the Jews were concerned. And they all died. Naomi's husband died. Her two sons died, and she's left with, with two daughter-in-laws, and so she's going to go back to her home. And Ruth goes, no, where you go, I go. Your God will be my God. That was the key. Your God will be my God. Your people will be my people. And so she went with her. Let me tell you, favor can overcome prejudice. And we see prejudice in every area of life. Sometimes just because you're of the wrong gender. Sometimes because you're on the wrong ethnicity. Sometimes because you're the wrong age. Sometimes it's because you're too young. Sometimes it's because you're too old. Well, a lot, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of things we have to overcome in situations. But Ruth is an example of the favor of God overcoming prejudice. And, you know, you can, you can find favor no matter what. Don't get into the arena of going, well, I'm just a woman. Well, I'm just this. Well, then it's because of this. It's because of this. No, you are a child of God. And you have favor. God has ordained that you walk in favor with man. And so don't ever pull out the prejudice card. No matter what it's prejudiced against. You go, I don't care what you say. I got God. I got God. And where God's concerned, there is no prejudice. He, well, there is, actually. There is prejudice. He's prejudiced against everybody who's against you. You know, if you're not for my kids, I got a prejudice there. But I'll use you to bless them in spite of yourself. You know, and, and so that's, that's the way God looks at it. So that's the way you and I need to look at it. You know, favor will cause other people to help you when they have no idea why they're helping you. No idea. You know, when we were looking for a loan to build a church, you know, we had we had, had put all of the financial paperwork and everything together, you know, the, to the best of our ability. We were doing we were doing all what we needed to do to, to show these different institutions, you know, what we could do as far as a church loan, and and everywhere we went, we were turned down, and just couldn't figure out why they were turning us down. I mean, what is what is this? And they went to, we went to one particular bank, and uh, the gentleman there was, was used by God. I don't know that he was born again, but he said uh, they took the stuff to their financial committee and came back and said, oh, no, I'm sorry, we're not going to be able to help you. And he goes, but, Pastor Anderson, I need to talk to you. 
and he pulled this sheet out of a drawer and he said, this right here I'm about to tell you is kind of like classified material in the banking world and I want you to, to, to have this to know what, what they're looking for. He said, some of your, your figures and stuff are all wrong the way you're counting. He said, you need to be counting things like they, they count. Because what we were doing is they would say, well, what's your attendance? And you'd say, oh, 120 people. And they'd go, oh, 120 people can't serve us alone like this. But what, what they didn't realize and we didn't realize was that we were telling the actual number of people who were like on the church rolls who actually attended, but they wanted total church attendance. That means of every service for the week, you add them all together, and that's your attendance. And we're going, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, but that's how they count. They wanted to know things like giving units. Well, as far as we were concerned, every one family is one giving unit. No, no, no. He said, no, that's not how you count that. What you count is you got a husband and a wife. Do they both work? Well, then you've got two giving units right there. Do they have children that give in the offering? You know, you've got more giving units. You start counting those giving units. Well, he gave us all this inside information, and we went to the next bank. They were falling all over themselves to give us those loans. Favor will cause other people to help you when you need help. If you've got a place where somebody keeps telling you no, You keep searching. You keep going up the ladder until you find the person who has the yes. There's somebody there who will help you. There's somebody there who will give you the right answer. There's somebody. And you just have to just keep pressing on until you finally find that place. Even when we bought the, the first church, you know, we were a church of maybe, what, 60 people at the time? That was not, was that including kids? Wasn't that, was it how many? maybe 35 to 40 people, when we, when we purchased the old building from First Baptist. Now, we went to them and asked them about buying it because it had been for sale for a long time. Uh, and, of course, churches are hard things to sell. And uh, we went to them and told them we'd, we'd buy it, and, and they gave us a price, and we didn't dicker over it. You know, when, unlike when we sold that facility, we had a lot of people who wanted it, but they, didn't, they wanted us to give it to them, basically. They lowball offers constantly. But anyway, we didn't dicker with the Baptist church. We said, that's fine. They wanted $10,000 down. We got $10,000 down, got it together. Now, here was the deal. The deal was we give them $10,000 down. At the first anniversary of the, of the note, we would give them another $10,000. And on the second anniversary, we would start making monthly payments. And we went, we can do that. And then they came back and they said this. They said, Tell you what, if at the first anniversary you can pay it off, we'll discount it $10,000. Now, the whole place was $90,000. That sounds like nothing now, but that was a lot of money in 1981. It was a lot of money. And so we went, okay. Do you know we paid that thing off from the first anniversary? When we called them up and told them that we were going to be paying it off, they went, they went Really? And we went, yeah, God will cause favor to come your way. Didn't even ask for it. They offered it. Why did they, I'm sure about that time they were thinking, why did we offer to give them $10,000 off? I don't know. But they did. Favor will come your way. 
you know, and God's blessing is in it. Uh, you know, I, I had, I've had people over the years come sit down with me to talk about financial things when they were in a financial bind. And, um, and I said, well, number one, you need to figure out what, you, what happened to get you to the place that you're at while you're in a financial bind and why you, you've got to stop spending to get yourself out of this. You, you can't just keep consolidating loans. You, you can't keep doing that. You have to stop spending until you can get this debt you have under control. And uh, I said, first thing you need to do is you need to call every last one of your creditors and have a serious talk with them. Tell them where you're at. Tell them what you, you, you'd love to pay them, uh, but you can't right now. How can they help you? And I remember sitting down with this one individual. I mean, they were in a lot of debt. And uh, I said, call them. You can't run from them. You, you, ha- you have to sow favor into this situation by being up front with your creditors. And so, you know, we talked about it, and, and they, they came back to me later, and they said, Pastor Angela, we did that. I called all of these, these different creditors that we have, and all of them said that they would work with us, and they would, they would lower our debt if we could pay this amount right here. And, and so a de- I, I, I don't remember now how much it was, but between all of the creditors they had, they were able to settle their debt for about 20% of what they owed. And God blessed them in a, this certain amount of timeline that they were given. God blessed them supernaturally and, and got them the money they needed to pay all that debt off. You know, there's favor to be had. There's favor to be had. And if you find yourself in a financial situation, don't run from it. Run at it. You know, and, and, just, and just talk to people. Give them opportunities to help you. You know, I have a, my old, our oldest grandson is graduating this Friday, or this Saturday, I guess it is, with an MBA. And he's been believing God for, a, for this particular job with a utilities in, uh, in Tampa. And it's something about uh, data analytics, which I have no idea what that means. Uh, but anyway, he, they've been kind of back and forth with all the COVID situation and stuff. You know, the, the HR people have been dragging their feet and decision process has been dragging along. And, and he's just been, it's been like three months and he didn't know if they were going to hire him, if they're going to even offer him a position or whatever. So he finally, two weeks ago, got a, maybe it's been three weeks ago now, finally got the phone call going, we're going to offer you a job. And he's like, yes. And then he finds out that they hired somebody else for the job he'd applied for. But they created a position for him. That has happened around here more times than I can count. Listen, you need a job and you apply for a job and that job falls through, God just creates a new job for you. Somebody just showing him favor, you know, and and I'm just going, that sounds like God to me. That sounds like the kind of favor that my God gives to his kids. Um, You know, when you go looking for a job and, and it doesn't look great, just expect favor. Expect the favor. You know, you could have such favor that two or three people offer you the job. Find out which one God wants you to have. 
Just because they offer it to you doesn't necessarily mean it's the God you sh- the job you should have. But favor should be evident in every job interview that you go to, whether you take it or whether you don't. It's good practice. Um, now, let me. I'm just kind of running through here just to see what else I can I can do. Last but not least. I want you to know that you have favor for souls. God is going to give you favor with people so that they will listen to you. Right now, people need God more than they've ever needed God before. And we can't assume that when we go into any situation where people who don't know God are present, that they're not going to listen to me. You need to be wise in how you present the gospel. You present the gospel first and foremost by your life and the kind of, the kind of way that you are, that people see. Not what you say, but what you do. Your actions will speak louder than your words. But when your actions set the stage... God will give you favor with people. Why? Because Psalm 2.8 says, Ask of me, and I will give you the heathen for your inheritance. Joel 3.13 says, The harvest is ripe. The day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. And we have seen in John 4.35, this is so true right now, that the harvest is it's the fields are white. He's just looking for laborers to go into the field and get the harvest. You know, if, if we truly believe that the end time is going to bring in a harvest of souls, that the greatest revival of history is at our hand, it's right, I mean, it's right in front of us, then we have to go into every situation of life, every area that we go into, whether it's in our jobs, our families, or or just, or just in the grocery store expecting to find favor with people who need God. Expect that they will listen to you. You know, sometimes all it takes is a small seed, just a, just a chance encounter, something you say, something you just mention, some testimony you just give that will plant a seed that somebody else can come along and harvest. Maybe you're watering a seed that somebody else has already planted. Or maybe you are the harvester. God wants you to expect favor everywhere you go and look at people as opportunities to increase the kingdom. You know, we're, we're, uh, we, we kind of have a mindset at times that, that people aren't interested in God. They're, they are, they just don't know what it is. They just don't know what it is they're looking for. But they're looking for something. They're looking for something that's real. Not something that's phony. Not something that's fake. Not something that's religious. They're looking for real. You just have to be real with people. Your best shot at this is just to tell them how good God has been to you. 
and how you have found favor in so many places in your life that can't be explained any other way except God moving on your behalf. They need to know that it's a life worth living. I was raised in an environment where we talked a lot about God, but it just didn't seem like because we didn't know about faith. We didn't know, we didn't really understand about the promises of God. We really didn't we really didn't understand how to claim what belonged to us that we were just kind of just in the wind like everybody else. There wasn't much difference between us and the guy next door except that we went to church a lot. And we said, "Well, we don't do this and we don't do this and we don't do this." And it was hard to tell anybody what we did do. You know, it just it, people just need to know that it's a reality that we serve a very real God who has a real heart for them. And the way they're going to know that is for us to plant favor in them and for us to have the favor with them that they'll respond to what we have to say. The fields are white unto harvest. And God is looking for laborers who are willing to go out into those fields and to do something about it. You know, I've, uh, I, I just, um, I just felt like you guys needed to be reminded of a favor that we're not maybe using it like we should, as much as we should, as often as we should. That there are situations that we're finding ourselves in that we need to be very aware of favor and claiming that favor. And very aware, lastly, that there are people that we need to find favor with that we can bring into the kingdom of God. There's people who need us, who need what we have to say. They need to know God the way you know God. They need to know that they're loved, that they can have the same kind of favor in their life that you experience. You know, I, uh, I just know it's time. It's time for us to do a, a, a better job than what we've been doing with the world. Don't be timid. Don't be shy. You don't have to be obnoxious. To be bold. Boldness doesn't mean to be obnoxious. It just means to be confident of who you are, who you belong to, what you have, what you know, and how good God is to get people to listen to you and to give you the opportunity to share with them the God who changed your life, changed your destiny who's brought you out of darkness and into the kingdom of light, who has changed your night into day, your morning into gladness, who has brought joy into you, into your life, where there was tragedy and and all kinds of crisis. He's turned you around. Amen. He has shown you divine favor. He'll continue to show you divine favor. He wants you to share that with somebody else. So God is setting us up to be lights and examples all because of favor. All because his favor goes with us wherever we go. You know, I I come back to Psalm 
5, verse 12, it says, For you, Lord, will bless the righteous. With favor will you surround him as with a shield. Got any righteous? Ah, then I got some favored people. He's surrounding you with favor as with a shield. Amen. So don't you let the devil tell you anything else. Don't you let the enemy tell you that you can't have this, you can't have that, that nobody's going nobody's to do this for you, nobody's going to promote you, nobody's going to give you the time of day. No, you say, ah, oh, no, I'm the righteous. I'm one of the righteous, and I am surrounded with favor, just like a shield. And so you just go peddle that little nonsense to somebody else because I'm a favored person. And if you get stopped by a blue light, claim favor. <laughs> Maybe next time slow down, you know. <laughs> but, but in the meantime, you can claim favor. <laughs> At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.